Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Part three of my sermon that is entitled, Change Your Attitudes, Altitude, Part Number Three. I want to begin by reading from the King James Version, Philippians 4 and 9. This is basically where I left off last week. If you did not uh, hear last week's message, it is online. I would encourage you to hear that, and then you'll know more what I'm talking about today. However, if you didn't hear it, you'll be able to get something out of today's message, just the same. Praise God. All right, I want to read from Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. I'm reading the King James Version today because exactly how it says it is how I want it to, uh, well, I can't say it better than this. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. Do. Just do it. If you saw me do it, you do it. Uh, If you've learned it from me, do it. Amen? Amen. And the God of peace shall be with you. So we're going to talk part three today of uh, my sermon that is entitled, Change Your Attitudes, Altitude. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Finally, in part three, you'll understand why I'm talking about changing your attitudes, altitude. Lord Jesus, we pray today for your peace, your touch, and your wisdom. I pray for your anointing. I pray that you will touch our hearts and ears to hear these things that you have laid upon my heart to say to this congregation and to all of those that have joined us online, I pray that you will bless this time of teaching and preaching your word. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. Let me begin by asking a question here today. When the Apostle Paul, and I have been reading through uh, 1 and 2 Corinthians recently in my Bible reading, um, and let me tell you something about the Apostle Paul. He lays it out how we should be living and, and tells us what we should be doing and tells us what he did uh, and all of the price he has paid to serve God and to live for God. I mean, he lays it out in First and Second Corinthians, all of this stuff and what he's paid with the price he has paid. And then he says, in all these things that you have seen me uh, do, you do it. And I want to ask a question today because I have discovered this in my life, and I'm sure if you haven't already, you will discover it in your life. That's a lot easier said than done. Huh? Well, you see me, how you see how I live, you see what I do, you see what the price I have paid. If you've seen me do it, you do it. Well, that's easier said than done. You could bring some, some uh, 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 a guy like Pastor Roush, who, who Shoshana just so uh, adequately explained his past and the drug addiction and the depression, and now look at, look at the life he's living now with the power of God in his life, and he could turn around and say to people in his, in his shoes living his life, hey, what you see me doing, you do it. And it, ain't just, it, it just ain't that easy. Can you say amen? It's easier said than done, isn't it? In fact, if you listen to Shoshana's testimony uh, as she told about her husband's shortcomings, (laughs) they are not shortcomings, they're struggles. Can you say amen? And don't we all have struggles? 
So if you listen to her husband's struggles and realize where he came from and when we are going through those struggles, it's a lot easier said than done to just look at Jesus or look at the Apostle Paul's life and say, you saw me do it, you do it. That's a lot easier said than done. And I wonder if I'm not alone when I say I have struggled sometimes trying to live the Christian life. I, I have had battles sometimes trying to do what I knew was right. Because it's a lot easier to do what's wrong. Can you say amen? And this may not be sinful, but it sure can turn into sin if you're not careful. But I've been trying to lose a few pounds, and I'll tell you what, sometimes it's easier just to eat what you shouldn't than it is to stay strong. <laughs> huh? I've lost a few pounds, but I certainly haven't lost as many as I should have by now. Because it's much easier said than done. This business of living a better life and experiencing a better life is not just handed to us. It takes a lot of effort, and unfortunately, a lot of people just want God to do what God wants them to do. And I have coined that phrase, and I've said it often. Oftentimes, God is waiting for us. We are waiting for God to do what God is waiting for us to do. Huh? God, I need a blessing. Well, get yourself to church. Well, I went to church. Well, try praising him the next time. Well, I lifted my hands. Well, try lifting your voice. Try singing the songs. Try coming down to the altar. Try going to your knees on Monday morning. Praise God. I want to remind everyone that God did a great thing when he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. They sat back. They did not do anything. They watched as God began to pour one plague after another until he finally broke the back of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh did not let them go. He made them go. Read it. He threw them out of Egypt. The Israelites did nothing to get free from Egypt. And I'm here to tell you that you did nothing to be freed from your sin. Jesus did it all on Calvary. He washed your sins away free. Can you say amen? But when he led those children, of those people, we call them the children of Israel, they were not all children, they were adults, but he led them out of Egypt, and then he said, now we're going to bring you to the promised land. And don't we all want the promised land? Where the milk and honey flows, where the grapes are so big it takes two men to carry a, 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 a what do you call those things? A what? A what? A cluster. It takes two men to carry one cluster of grapes. That's the life I want. I want the kind of life where everything that goes wrong, God fixes. I want the kind of life that all these blessings just keep overtaking me. And the one thing they did not understand that they needed to understand is that deliverance was free. The blessings will cost you. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
I will wash away your sins. But if you want to bless life, my friend, you better set your alarm clock on Sunday morning and get yourself to the house of God. And if you want the blessings of God, my friend, you better set your alarm clock a half hour earlier for work so you can get on your knees and start your day with prayer. You better open up your pocketbook and give some of those blessings back to God. You better give some of the talents he's put in your body to give to others. You better start living the Christian life. Praise God. And just because you won a battle does not mean there are not more battles. They defeated the Canaanites, but now there was the Gergesites. And when they defeated the, the Gergesites, there was the, the other ites. <laughs> and when I defeated the Smokeites, there was the Alcoholites. And when I defeated the Alcoholites, there was the Drugites. And when I defeated the drugites, there was the cursingites. And when I defeated the cursingites, there was the jealousyites. And there were the envyites. And the angerites. And the bitternessites. Come on now. You're going to have to fight for those things. You better take that to prayer every day until you, get the, until you conquer what's wrong in your life. Because that stuff doesn't come free. God has given you the power to do it, but he will not do it for you. Deliverance from Egypt is easy. Conquering the promised land is not. And I have seen many people over the years of my ministry come in and have God deliver them from Egypt and then sit back and expect God to do everything else along the way. And when he doesn't, they're off looking for somebody else to give them the answer they're looking for. And I'm here to tell you, God has put the answer in you. You have got the ability to pray. You have got the ability. You have got the ability to lift your hands and praise the name of Jesus no matter what is going on in your life. And as a preacher, I just, I'm going to be bold now because as a preacher, I get so tired of watching people during worship service down in the mouth and feeling sad. Get yourself up and magnify the Lord. Lift up your heart. He's still on the throne. Hallelujah. Oh, what a great God we serve. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. So, your attitude's altitude. Let's finally talk about that. On January 13, 1997, Richard Conniff, he was an adventurer. Oh, I'm sorry, Richard Conniff wrote this story in the National Geographic about the adventurer, Steve Fawcett. 
Steve Fawcett climbed into the cockpit of his hot air balloon in St. Louis, Missouri, and off he went into the sky, and his goal was to be the first person to ever circle the globe in a balloon. It took him just three days to cross the Atlantic, and he was flying at 24,500 feet eastward over Africa. This is where he had gotten to now. And uh, the, pre the prevailing wind carried him on a direct course for the country of Libya. This is all a true story. I'm just reading the article to you. See how nice I am? I could have just given you the, 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 the magazine and the date and look at, make you look it up yourself. I'm going to read it to you. But crossing the country of Libya was a problem because Libya had refused him permission to fly in their airspace, which meant if he crossed over Libya, they would shoot him down. What do you do in a hot air balloon when it's heading towards trouble? <laughs> Turn on your little battery-powered fan and hope you can push it the other way or I... Raise your hand, honestly, raise your hand if you know how to control the direction of a hot air balloon in this auditorium. Anybody? Some people are moving their hands, but you haven't actually raised it. So I'm going to take that as a no. I'm going to explain it to you. And I didn't know. I would have no clue. My hot air balloon is going over Libya. They're going to shoot me down. What do I do here? <clears throat> Sometimes your hot air balloon is floating over trouble. You've got to know how to turn that thing around. Hot air balloons cannot turn. What they must do is find a wind that is blowing in the direction they want to go. That's what they got to do. Which way do you want to go? Where do you want to head? I want to make sure I'm heading towards heaven. I don't know what's going on down here in this earth below, but I do know this. There are some areas Jesus does not want my hot air balloon going over. So Fawcett had a problem. He was headed towards Libya. If he goes over Libya, they're going to shoot him down. And so what he did was he began to let helium out of his balloon. And when he let helium out of his balloon, he started to descend. And as he started to descend, he caught a breeze that was blowing another direction. I did not know this, perhaps you did not know this, that all air is not moving the way you feel it crossing your, your face. If you get high enough, it's going in a different direction. If you go higher than that, it's going. There are all kinds of currents all over us at all times, and what he needed to do was find the current that was going in the direction he was going. And when I tell you we need to change our attitude's altitude is because our attitude might be taking us in the wrong direction and we need to change course.
Shoshana so, so beautifully became vulnerable here today to tell us about the struggles and the hurts and the rejections and the, and the depression. My friend, the next time you walk into the house of God and somebody was having a bad day and scowled at you instead of smiling at you, don't you hold that against the church and don't you hold that against Jesus. You ought to be praying for them and find a different altitude to coast in at. Well, I ain't gonna listen to that. Fine. Go find someone with a smile on their face and change your altitude. Praise God. He dropped 6,300 feet before he found the wind blowing the direction he wanted to go. How far down on your knees do you have to get to find the direction you need to be going? No, Lord, I want to stay right here where I am, right here where my mind makes decisions, where I decide what I want, where I figure things out myself. I'm going to stay right. No, you need to drop down to your knees and get down to an altitude where your brain gets set aside and you start following the call of God. And Fawcett never did be the first to travel the whole world, you know. But he did set a record for the longest distance and duration in balloon flight that has not been broken. You're better off trying and failing than to never try at all. Because we would not necessarily be reading this story if everything went smooth. And he just went up in the air and came back three weeks later and landed and said, I did it. But when you, talk, when you start talking about the troubles he went through and the hardships, even the fact that he didn't make it, to the, to, the, to the end of his dream, we still celebrate him as a success. You may never become what you're imagining. You may never get all of the blessings you think God owes you. You may never become the great person you're trying to get, but all of the heavens will celebrate. The Bible says the angels rejoice when one sinner comes home. Man, I was going to be great. I was going to be rich. I was going to have money. I was going to have fame. I ended up being a nobody with no money and no hope. But I'm in heaven. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. There are different winds blowing in this world today. I don't need to talk to you about all of the various winds that are blowing that you can get so easily caught up in. Fame and fortune is one of them. Diabolical sin is another one of them. Self-glory is one of them. All of these different winds blowing. But I'm here to tell you, you can lift your attitude, spiritually speaking, and be moved by a wind that comes from the very breath of God. And he can begin to move you in a direction you never thought possible and show you things you never dreamed of and straighten things out in your life you never thought could be straightened out because you have tried everything you could do to do it. You have done everything your brain knows to do and it has not worked. And the songwriter wrote and said, if you have tried everything and everything has failed, try Jesus. How many of you know the words of that old song? 
You've tried everything, everything has failed, try Jesus. He'll be your dearest friend. He'll fix every problem you have. He'll give you everything you want. He'll answer every prayer, even if it's not his will. No, 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 no. No, 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 I'm sorry. Don't listen to her. He'll be your dearest friend. Go with you to the end. I'd rather go through the fire with Jesus than, than to the blessings of this world without him. So if you've tried everything and everything has failed, try Jesus. Hallelujah. What a great God we serve. Can you say amen? Clap your hands one more time for Jesus. There are different winds blowing in your world. Yes, there are in this world, but in your personal world, there are different winds blowing. And you can lift your attitude to a level where the right winds start catching you and bringing you to a place, spiritually speaking, that you never dreamed possible. That gives you peace, that passes understanding, peace in the midst of the storm. A person changes their attitude by simply changing their, at their altitude. Which wind is carrying you? Because you are being carried. You know, we all think we're doing this. It's my mind. I decide. No, you're not. You're being carried. I don't mean to get sidetracked, but I keep thinking I might be talking to somebody different every time. But You're being carried about by emotion, thoughts, not by God. I can guarantee you, because I know me, I can guarantee you there is something in every single one of our lives that is not God. We're being carried about, and God wants us to change it. And we change it by changing our altitude. Let me try to wrap this up. Man, I'm going to have to come up with a new sermon next week. I don't think there's going to be a part four. You ready for this? Psalm 24. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Get out of the winds of this world. Get out of the mindsets of this world. Get out of the philosophies of this world. And be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Bible tells us the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. That is the King of glory. Change your attitude. There's a little boy. I'm going to wrap this up, but there's a little boy. And he was trying to have the right attitude. And he had his bat in one hand, and he had the ball in the other. And he said to himself, and he, not to himself, he cried out. He said, I am the greatest hitter in the world. I'm the greatest batter there is. And he threw that ball up in the air. Strike one. 
He picked up that ball again, and he was not to be dissuaded. He said, I am the greatest hitter there ever was. Strike two. And he was not going to quit. Don't ever quit. He picked up the ball and threw it up in the air. Strike three. You're out. But I thought we don't quit. He didn't quit. He said, I am the greatest pitcher in all the world. I just struck out the greatest batter there ever was. Don't you ever quit. Don't you ever stop trying to serve God. I came across this. I'm gonna, I, I am going to wrap it up. But I, when I read this, I thought, I got to share this. I got to share it with somebody. I'm not going to ask you because some of you, some, most probably everybody in this building would raise their hand, but you wouldn't want to. When I say to you, would a million dollars, if I handed you one million dollars, would it change your life? Would it help you? Yeah. Yeah, she's out of the mouth of babes. She's looking at me with a smile like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of them, I'll take it. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will give you $1 million, but you don't get to wake up tomorrow. That ruined her plan, she said. <laughs> I'm going to give you $1 million, but you don't wake up tomorrow. How many of you still want the million dollars? This is not my analogy. I read this. I thought I got to share it. How many of you, anybody here still want the million dollars, but you don't get to wake up tomorrow? Do you know what you just discovered? You just discovered that your life tomorrow is worth more to you than one million dollars. When you wake up tomorrow and the, and, the, and the demon of depression tries to come upon you and the demon of worry and fear and doubt and dissatisfaction and unhappiness and whatever else it is, I don't like my wife, I'm tired of her, I don't, these kids are driving me nuts, I, my job's not, the next time that stuff comes to you, you remember, I would choose this over a million dollars. Change. Your attitude's altitude and get involved with his will for your life. Musicians, come. Let's stand. And this altar is open. If you want to come and say, Lord, help me find a different current than what I've been driven by lately. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.